Alright, two days in a row, we're back! I finished goofing around with the, the new Apple stuff today. Actually, I was working on, I was reading news stories on a new iMac. Hmm. I kind of like that display. Uh, almost 5K in 24 inches. There's some pixel density over there. I don't know about you. Sure is. Every so often, I don't mind such a thing. Mm. Every so often. So I got the blue one. The video's not out yet. It's going to come out on Unbox Therapy. I mean, there's work to be done. Uh, edited together. It was actually kind of comprehensive. It's kind of like a mega unbox video. I had the iPad and the iMac. And the, I mean, there was a lot in there. Yeah. What else did I have? The keyboard case. So I had the new Apple TV as well. I mean, it's too many things. Purple iPhones? Purple iPhones. Which I hadn't even looked at that purple tone yet. It's quite a purple to it. It's nice. Anyhow, anyway. We got some news here. Apple looking for a manager with experience in cryptocurrency. You're used to seeing that name, Elon Musk, associated, Tesla associated cryptocurrency. There's another big company in town. They sell tech products. The logo is a piece of fruit. One of my favorites, actually. The fruit. Yeah. Which one? The uh, uh, jazz apple? No, it ain't no jazz. I mean, usually it's just a honey crisp or something like oh, that. Okay. I know it's a cop out, but actually, I like most apples except for Red Delicious. It's a bit of a scam. You hovered over the word scam, so I said scam. It's just not, it doesn't taste what it sounds like, the Red Delicious, but people can have their own debate in the comment section right now. I'm sure, sure. I just inflamed somebody. Somebody got some inflammation now because of what I said about mm -hmm. Red Delicious. But that's the way it goes. It's the internet. We're on the internet. There are people here. There are noises. There are voices. Yeah. And certainly opinions. Most definitely. Anyway, how about Apple getting themselves associated with crypto? Now, I never thought I'd see Apple in the first place get involved with that Apple card. Goldman Sachs sign on the dotted line. I never, I never knew that was going to take place, that they wanted to be in that business. Lending money, loaning money, payment plans, and so forth. Fancy card, Apple card. Finance. I just didn't imagine it, but then they went there. And, of course, you got the digital payments in the form of Apple Pay, mm -hmm. one of the most popular digital payment formats that, that exists out there. So then you start to scratch, you scratch your head right in the temple region over here, and you say to yourself, well, could they do it? Could they bridge that gap? Could they look at digital currencies, alternative payment methods? Could they look at cryptocurrency? And if they did look at cryptocurrency, do they need to look at what's already there? Now, by the way, this report stems from a job listing, which was noticed by, well, this is on Mac rumors, but I believe it was the team over at Coindesk. Willie do frequent that website. They noticed this job posting. Apple Wallet Payments and Commerce team is seeking an experienced business development manager to lead alternative payments partnerships. We're looking for a proven professional in global alternative and emerging, emerging payment solutions. You see that word emerging? Huh. You know what that means? Digital, crypto, emerging. So do you see uh, Apple coin? Yeah, so that's a, the joke. That's what you see coming up in the uh, comment section. It's a big commitment, big time, because... You know, you sort of push your chips into the table. You push your coins into the table. You say, we're committed over here. Um, that said, 
A lot of Apple Pay out there. I mean, you see what they did with AirTags. They tap it into Find Mine, and they say, oh, yeah, by the way, there's already a billion devices using it. Mm. They got so many iPhones, iOS devices out there. You imagine they, they just slip the crypto into the Apple wallet, into Apple Pay, and just offer you some sort of easy transition between the two. Sure. Whether it's pre-existing crypto or their own equivalent. They could even tap in with like some sort of reward structure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you bought another Apple device. Look at that. You got kickback. You got you got Apple points or or some sort of small fragment of an, of Apple coin building up like how Starbucks does when you go and buy the Starbucks. Yes. And next thing like, do you want to use your gold stars for this purchase? Cuz we can apply 250 gold stars for that uh fancy latte, sir. And then you say to yourself, "Yeah, go ahead, use the stars. I don't know." <laughs> I love it. Actually, Starbucks, one of the biggest payment processors themselves because of how early they got involved with their Starbucks app in order to pay for things. Mm. So it's not so crazy. Some sort of, you you pitch it as some sort of loyalty thing, but then it has some sort of crypto backend, some sort of blockchain uh, element on the backend. I don't know. Well, it's possible, man. It's possible. Now's the time to do it, I would think. There's so many coins out there. I will tell you, there is an element of it, though, which feels a little bit not Apple-ish. Like crypto feels a little bit dirty right now. I feel a little bit uh, Wild West still to it, you know? The, the coins, yes. But blockchain. No, no, no. I'm solid. saying just public perception. I'm not saying, you know me, man. Yeah. Me and Vitalik, we go way back. <laughs> yeah, back in those days. Totally, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't mind that. I'm not even saying it in a disparaging way. I'm just talking about public perception. I was watching the playoff hockey uh, last night and there was an ad on tv for crypto it was like i don't don't remember what type of it was an exchange uh, for canadian crypto buyers they're like you're not into crypto yet and i was like oh i was like no it's like oh no man they're advertising like mass market on nhl and it 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 still just has a little bit of a uh underbelly to it you know, it hasn't sure. shed that piece completely yet. And so that's one area where I say, okay, Apple is this squeaky clean coming to our store where everything is white and wood. And there, we have, you know what I'm saying, Will? Yes. And we, you can buy an iMac in 17 different colors, all of them perfect. We only picked perfect colors. All of our employees, perfect. We only hire perfect people. Our headquarters, immaculate. It's yes. perfect. We built it. All the other headquarters, problems. We decided to build a perfect one, just like our perfect products and our perfect phone, our perfect logo, our perfect CEO, our perfect customer, which could be you if you just uh, open up Apple Pay real quick. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's that attachment. But you could have said the same thing around Goldman Sachs. They got a history. You could have said the same thing around financial services in general. Mm-hmm. That was available to you if you wanted to criticize when they did that. You may not have expected it. They went there. So it's not impossible. I don't think it's happening anytime soon, but they are at least hiring for the position. We'll see how that works out. Today's sponsor is Me Undies. And you know what? It's the right time of year for Me Undies. I'll tell you what. Because at least over here, I mean, I don't know where you are in the world. Maybe it's hot all the time where you are in the world. But for me, right now, in the country of Canada, the region of Toronto, it's starting to heat up out there. Uh-huh. 
And all of a sudden I'm looking at the air conditioner like, is this working right now? You know what I mean? When I get home, because you know it's frigid over here. I stay in the ice box. Yes. It's like a cryo chamber. I'm trying to get the extended lifespan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people complain about it. Vin wears a jacket. Mo's on the other side of the studio, and he's cranking the heat in his section. Yeah. I'm trying to get the longevity going over here. Uh-huh. Wim Hof style. There you go. You know about Wim Hof? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do cold, <laughs> with the cold water. and Oh, did I throw you off with that one there? Well, all I can think about is his uh, frozen eyeballs when he tried to swim underwater. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He froze his eyeballs. Wild stories. Anyways. Uh, so he's like me. He's trying to stay cool. And I think a lot of people in the, stum- in the summer are going to tr- be trying to stay cool. And actually, you can save on, you can become more environmentally friendly, turn down the AC a little bit because you can throw the me undies on and stay cooler because you know they got all the fancy uh, materials in use. Well, they're actually not fancy, they're natural, but they're like the best of the natural with the modal in there. Breathability. It's breathability to it. Summer is coming, and so for many of us, it's a season of discomfort. It's hot out. Uh, you could just sit around in your un- if you could sit around in your underwear, you would. You see, this could be the summer of comfort. If you want to sit around in your underwear, that's completely allowed. I don't know if you knew that. Well, you could even purchase a thong if you this need to. Too? Yeah, it's possible. Oh, okay. Get comfortable and express yourself this summer with undies in classic and bold colors and fun, adventurous prints. I actually saw on the front of the webpage, it looks like they have swimwear too. They do, yeah. So I never noticed that before. So you can get the bathing suit going that also. seems uh, brand new. Crazy. Uh, they got all kinds of styles and sizes, extra small to 4XL, sustainably soft micro-modal, and ultralight breathe fabric. So the breathe one's what I'm talking about over there uh, if you are if you get hot like me. But you have choices, actually. They have, yeah. they have different versions available. Uh, these are the swim trunks. Wow, look at that. You get the 6-inch or the 8-inch. You decide how short you need it to be, Will. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Anyway, you get a deal right now. MeUndies has a great offer. If you're a first-time purchaser, you get 15% off and free shipping. They have a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. That's good to know. So to get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash later. That's MeUndies.com slash later. You can also click the link in the description. Just don't forget the slash later. That'll give you the 15% off your first order and free shipping I have a drawer full of MeUndies. I love them. They're incredibly soft. You will love them too. Uh, this one caught me off guard. This just happened, I guess it was, I don't know, a couple hours ago. OnePlus co-founder's Twitter account hacked in ICO scam. Uh, this is actually a person, uh, somebody that I know personally, Carl from previously uh, OnePlus, now his new project, Nothing, which is preparing to launch very soon, had his Twitter account compromised he claims it was due to an integration with an external app Mm. if triple t uh this is like where you could set up um if this then that situations like if a tweet occurs here i get notified elsewhere or Mm. you're familiar with this right if then statements yeah demands you didn't know about this this was hot. No. This was like hot, I don't know, a couple years back where people, I remember there was, for example, like a little device you could put in your mailbox and then you could integrate if this, then that. And then when the, when some, 
uh, envelope will be placed on top of it, you would get a notification. Oh, yeah, using like you Raspberry Pi or something? Yeah, something like a little switch or... Oh, I see, yeah. Anyway, it, 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 just, it just interacts. It, it allows for multiple different uh, interactions between your various... Well, it could be social media, payment platforms. I mean, it's really comprehensive. Anyway, uh -huh. apparently it was this at, integration that was compromised on his behalf. I don't know how he was using IFTTT himself, but he says that was compromised, and then that allowed the individuals to tweet on his behalf via that integration. And, of course, what these individuals did is they tweeted out a crypto scam because that's what you do when you get the any account with followers and it's compromised. You tweet, you quickly tweet the crypto scam because it's so many crypto scams these days. Of course. And it works. Man, I see it even on our accounts, and I'm just going to put the disclaimer one more time over here. Don't send money to people who don't need your money. Uh -huh. If he was going to do a promo, he's not going to ask you for the money. Uh -huh. If I'm going to do a promo, I'm not going to ask you for money. Elon's not asking you for money ever. In order to send you crypto back or whatever else, unless it's on Tesla's website, then he, the, every time you see this stuff, steer clear, get away from it. Anyway, this is what the tweet said. My company, Nothing, is excited to announce its first project in the cryptocurrency space, Nothing Coin, built on the ETH ERC20 chain, ICO price point zero 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 two. Send your ETH to our contract address. Coins will be distributed soon. Oh, painful. And so I'm sure some people did this. I don't know. It actually doesn't look like it got too hot before he noticed. Uh, he then went into the account and deleted all third-party apps that were connected to his Twitter. Not, I mean, even beyond. And for the record, I don't think that this particular platform, uh, IFTTT, is responsible for the thing. Like, he got hacked somehow, and it just happened to be through there. Someone knew his password. I don't know what happened. Uh but that just so happens to be like every so often you may want to check your those integrations because mm -hmm. like, like you, you may have connected old things to Twitter. I did this recently. I disconnected a bunch of stuff that had been connected in the past Oh yeah, because they, they uh, create opportunities for compromise. I don't know if you remember the other big crypto one a while ago where they I mean, it was like Barack Obama, Bezos, Kanye West is all at once. Remember that? Yes. It was at Twitter. Yep. It was much bigger. Apparently, 100,000 was siphoned from that one. I don't think it, this one got that big, but just please with the crypto scams. I'm a war Anybody who watches this, just don't send money to anybody. Yeah. Any crypto addresses with promises of things coming in return, please. Uh, USB-C is about to go from 100 watts to 240 watts. What a time to be alive. This is a big news in the, in the community mm -hmm. because... All these high-powered laptops, all the RTX stuff, all the gaming laptops, they got these beefy power bricks. They got, you I mean, you got to have it, right? You run yeah. that baby at full tilt. And as it sits right now, you got to go with some sort of barrel connector or some sort of proprietary connector to deliver that power. Well, that's annoying. I mean, don't you want even those beefy, powerful laptops to live in the land of the thin and light world like these? Uh -huh. You plug in any type C. I got type C sitting around my house. Yep. The kids got laptops. I got a laptop. Maybe it's an iPad. Maybe it's a phone. Type C. Type C life. Oh, this is great. This is a great upgrade. And so it's a new spec, USB-C 2.1 spec, more than doubles the output of the all-in-one cable. 
I just love to see this kind of thing. Just take the thing that's working, the universal connector, universal, USB, and just supply some more juice to it. So I'm already thinking about all the gaming laptops that pop up over here and when we might see a thing, but it will have to be labeled differently. So a lot of power coming coming through there. All EPR cables, those are the, that's the new spec, shall be visibly identified with EPR cable identification items. And you can see a couple of pictures here of like, uh, damage to USB-C connectors used improperly over here. Arcing damage during cable withdrawal. When the connector is unplugged, if the voltage differential across the gap between the plug and receptacle contacts is greater than 12 volts. Like, I mean, there's, this is complicated stuff. It's above the pay grade over here. But up to 240 watts is nice. It's not happening immediately, but it could be a true one charger to rule them all. Because once you get to 240 watts, let's say you're charging your game lab. I mean, what can't you do at that point? Mm -hmm. You're you're all covered. You're all set. Yeah. <laughs> Try to contain your excitement, Will. <laughs> well, I have a question. I'm trying to... Can you do other stuff with the Type-C while it's charging? Ooh, go ahead. What do you mean by uh, that? Like, uh, is it like a dongle situation? Can you plug into the dongle, like the two, uh, 230 watt and, or 240 watt, and that would charge it, but can you put like other cables into the dongle and that would work as well? Like, oh. is it versatile enough where it can house other power So you're looking for devices? a 240 watt USB-C charger which comes with your gaming laptop, but it also has extra USB ports on it sure, for charging yeah. other devices. Yeah. Is that possible? You know or, what? Or is that just like just meant for charging? You know what, Will? What? We're going to make that possible for you. <laughs> okay. As of today. Yeah. Can we just do that? Yeah. We're just going to do it. We're just going to talk right. to the manufacturers and make sure that it happens. I don't imagine them shipping such a thing. I have seen it. Uh, where did I see it? I see it. I think Microsoft with the Surface products did exactly that. Yeah. With their, actually their proprietary charger, which had extra USBs on the power brick. It seems feasible to me. Right. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to try to make that happen for you. All right. WhatsApp sues Indian government over new privacy rules. We talked about these privacy rules on a previous show. Uh, this was the Indian government basically saying, we got new rules. You got to let us know. If, if there's like a criminal investigation of some kind, if something terrible happens, we want access. We want to know from you the identity of the individual who sent the original message. We want that degree of control in these extreme circumstances. Uh, now, the threat was if you don't accept the new terms, then we could potentially ban you. I don't think any of that has happened as of now. These are huge platforms that people rely on in India. WhatsApp being the biggest of the bunch, even still after the privacy fallout, whatever that was. WhatsApp sitting there saying, look, we can't do this. The case asked that the Delhi High Court to declare that one of the new IT rules is a violation of privacy rights in India's constitution since it requires social media companies to identify the first originator of information when authorities demand it. All right, that's the conflict. WhatsApp is suing the Indian government with that particular complaint, saying the citizen deserves the privacy. And if we were 
even in these individual cases, to have the technology necessary to uncover the original sender, then we would essentially be breaking our end-to-end encryption, which is the yes. thing that we promised to our customer. Similar to what Apple did, right? With the backdoor FBI situation. They, the had, they had their own whole yeah. they had their own whole version of that going on. It's very similar, it seems like. Where it's like, hey, our customer our customers' privacy is of utmost importance to us. And if we were to build in some way of intercepting or uh, breaking our own encryption, then the product would cease to be what it is. Sure. That's the that's essentially the message here. I don't know what the reaction response is going to be. It's obviously a lawsuit at this point. Uh, but suing the government. Very strange, right? Oh. Very strange. But I suppose what you're looking for there is for public opinion yes. to be on your side. Yeah. To where the pressure mounts and the government backs down because people are saying, yeah, why does my government need this access into my private conversations? That said, to just fully encompass the proposition from the government, they're not saying they want to do this in all cases. They're saying that if some sort of violation has taken place, if uh, there's some sort of criminal activity, they're saying that in these very specific cases that they would want to utilize this power. That's the way it stands right now. So uh, anyway, it, it definitely doesn't look like WhatsApp's getting banned anytime soon. Instead, there the the conflict escalates. Got a hair in my mouth here, well. Oh. I can't continue. Otis? I can't continue like this. I apologize, you have the to put edit. Beard hair? No, no. It's more it's more Otis. Oh, yeah. I get that every day. But how did it I don't even feel it anymore. But how did it float up and it in there? It does. It somehow just does. It's incredible. Yeah. Um Here's a somewhat quiet one that has potentially significant implications. Google has been working on this operating system, an all-new operating system called Fuchsia, which I was completely off my radar. I think they talked about it like three years ago. It was set to debut on the uh, Google Nest Hub, and it just happened. They've been working for a really long time, and it just happened. They debuted it, but really quietly. They didn't talk about it at Google I.O., and the reason it's a big deal is because it may not forever be destined just for these type of products. It could make its way onto a phone. It could become some... The singularity. Some Android alternative yeah. or re replacement. I don't know. And it's really strange how quiet it's been kept. You know, like... I don't know if that means good things for it or bad. Like, do you keep it really quiet because you have super high hopes and you don't want it to be um, analyzed too extensively in its current state? So you do this kind of soft rollout where you put it on a device that not many people are paying attention to, less critical than something like a phone, so you throw it on the Nest Hub? Maybe. Uh, so it is, it is different in some key ways compared to certain other operating systems. I believe, let me just do a quick, yeah, so Fuchsia is something very rare in the world of tech. It's a built from scratch operating system that isn't based on Linux. It uses a micro kernel called Zircon that Google developed in-house. 
Creating an operating system entirely from scratch and bringing it all the way to production sounds like a difficult task, but Google managed to do exactly that over the past six years. Fuchsia's primary app development language is Flutter, a cross-platform UI toolkit from Google. Flutter runs on Android, iOS, and the web, so writing Flutter apps today for existing platforms means you're also writing Fuchsia apps for tomorrow. Oh. So... As I said, this is kind of a unique situation in the software world, what they happen to be doing. Obviously, uh, Google, a tremendously important and influential software company, the potential here is quite massive, even though we're looking at something that currently only exists in a Nest Hub. And it's like a really rudimentary, stripped-down looking operating system if you were to compare it to something like Android. But what's really important is what's on the back end and the fact that it's not uh, Linux-based at all, which is pretty much what everything else happens to be. Um, It'll be the first test of Fuchsia's future-facing Flutter app support, this particular device. Google can take the existing interface, rip out all the Google Cast guts underneath, and plop the exact same interface code down on top of Fuchsia. Google watchers have long speculated that it was in the plan all along. Rather than having a disruptive OS switch, Google could just get coders to write in Flutter and then it could seamlessly swap out operating systems. What do you think, Will? Is this is Flutter the Flutter and Fuchsia the future? And Thurcon? Flutter, Fuchsia, Future. Uh, yeah, if they can do it right, you know, and make it accessible to other developers that would uh, want to develop for this, yeah, why not? It's wild. You get to a point where you become so comfortable with the pre-existing software that that is out there. Like my whole life exists in basically Chrome, uh, Android, iOS, Mac OS, yes. and Windows. Like that's it. That's all the things. That's it. Everything happens in those places for me. Yeah. And then you, you add another name and you're like, oh, wait, could there be something uh-huh. else? Could there be an all-new thing, an all-new piece of software, platform, et cetera? Yeah, it's backed by Google as well. Yeah. I mean, it's all about accessibility. I mean, this looks like Android, but yeah. I'm sure in the back end there's completely different code. I think it would be accessibility with new developers. Now, this, uh, this writer, Ron Amadeo on Ars Technica, mentioned something important. Moving the OS to smartphones and laptops would be tough because the Fuchsia team would then butt up against the Android team and the Chrome OS team. <laughs> and so it'd be like, who's, who's, got the, who's got the right thing going on? So maybe for now, it's a more niche rollout just onto certain smaller time, smaller footprint products. But it's interesting. It makes me want to take another look at the uh, Nest Hub. Uh-huh. Just poke around a little bit. Sure. Amazon has completed its deal to buy MGM for $8.45 billion. This is Amazon's biggest entertainment acquisition yet. What is interesting here is that uh, content, it represents a very small portion of Amazon's business. Like if Netflix were to do this or any of the other content players, you'd be like, damn, that's a big commitment. But Amazon, you're like, man, what can really happen to Amazon? They feel like an absolute juggernaut monster in space like they got so much going on that you're like ah eight and a half billion it's quick too it's just a quick way to 
pad the inventory, the library, without the need. Like, it's a time thing, sort of. You're up against, in the streaming space, you're up against the likes of somebody like Disney who has this tremendous inventory. Now, your Amazon would be like, well, people really like originals. And even, but even with unlimited money, you're still up against time. How quickly can you produce and take risks on new projects that take years to develop when you could take existing properties that have baked in audiences and, and uh, success and you can just throw them on the platform and say, oh, you're going to get them exclusively here. Yeah. It's only uh, $8.5 I mean, it's, a, it's still a lot <laughs> of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you get James Bond. It's all relative, man. So they got around 4,000 films and 17,000 hours of TV. I'm sure that's exactly how they looked at it. They got James Bond Rocky franchises. Uh, some recent TV stuff, The Handmaid's Tale and Vikings. We talked about the speculation around this previously, but now it's official. The Voice and Shark Tank are also in there. Amazon says the acquisition will provide customers with greater access to MGM's works and empower the studio to continue its great storytelling. So that's another thing. You acquire the entire company. You still put them to work. You say, oh, all these originals we want to develop. Now we got this big team that knows how to develop things quickly, yep. and we can uh, task them with continuing to provide exclusive content for our platforms. And like I said to you, uh, the last time we talked about this, if you got a company like MGM sitting there doing big budget releases, whether it's a James Bond, James Bond movies or otherwise, you could work the similar HBO Max situation where you could have the same day release yes. for a movie in theaters and on Amazon, but only for prime customers. Uh-huh. It's a powerful move. Yep. Here's another one that I just had to select because the headline was just too enticing for me. They got me. Heavy.com got me. Uh-oh. Joe Rogan responds to Prince Harry. Like, I just love it, man. Prince Harry and Joe Rogan, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Because it's just two completely different worlds colliding. Uh, I was surprised to find out that Prince Harry had made comments about Joe Rogan in general. Oh, really? That just seemed... Uh-huh. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't like, just, is there even crossover there? But anyway, he did. Apparently he was on a podcast with, I got to find it now. Which podcast was he on? Dax Shepard. There you go. Dax, armchair expert. Dax Shepard, armchair expert. He's on a podcast and he just basically, I mean, he said similar things to what others have said regarding Rogan's comments on vaccines recently. And his point was kind of the point that everybody makes or is commonly made, which is, hey, when you have a platform, you have a responsibility, Mm. right? Those were the comments that he sort of made. But he brought up his name, and Rogan's name has kind of become representative of something more than any one person. It, like, represents, a for some people, a way of thinking or that you belong to a club. Like, I've been seeing the memes on social media that's like, where it will be somebody who will post, I met the perfect guy. I, was, I met the perfect guy on a first date, and then he told me he loves Joe Rogan. So that relationship is over now. And you're like, whoa, that's pretty strict rules you have there. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, it's just become kind of a meme. And it's also, he's also co- continued to elevate, for whatever reason, as a concept up in this list of things that people are interested in as a theme almost. And so when, when heavy posts about it and I click on it or when I post about it and now you click on it, when you're watching this, that's just the current 
status. That's the way that it goes. We're interested to know. And even Prince Harry is interested enough to talk about it. But his take was, you've got a platform. You've got a responsibility. We have people going out there and forming their opinions based on what you're saying. And therefore, you're having an effect on the community. And it's whatever. It's a valid point. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it you need to also go look at the other side, which is the fact that people have legitimate concerns. People want to watch and interact with content that feels real feels like they're talking to a human and not to a public relations firm not to a politician not to a prince in certain circumstances where everything is measured and for the record i consider it because you and i we come here and we talk i personally love the challenge of attempting to measure and pace and go and this and that but i don't ever want to do it at the extent of not being able to have a human conversation. And it's one of the risk factors that comes along with human conversation is vulnerability. You want to walk out on a limb, you can fall off the limb. You can make mistakes. Sure. You know it's a risky thing, but it's also an exciting thing to partake in. And it's one of the reasons that if you, if you get around with pals, it's a comforting thing to know, okay, we can approach maybe controversial subject matter and still in the end of it... Uh, recognize that it's not going to end our relationships here uh -huh. and people have substituted some of those personal relationships with especially during pandemic times with these platforms that they become representative of that yes so do i feel that this is in some circumstances be disclaimers and all the rest of it sure but we also have to recognize that it comes at the expense of intimacy it comes at the expense of feeling like you're really a fly on the wall in a real conversation because regular humans don't put disclaimers on every single thing that they say. Not an expert, not financial advice. I am not a doctor. I mean, that's all we'd be saying if we were doing something like that in, in personal life. However, I do feel that if you didn't phrase something in the best way you could have, I do feel you backtrack and you freshen it up. You come out and you say, what I what the, I found a better way to phrase what I was what I was doing what I was going for there. Yeah. I stepped on a couple of little landmines. I poked my toe. I stubbed my toe. Uh -huh. as far as the conversation was after concerned. you know ninety or like two hours of talking. Yes, nonstop. I mean, there's gonna be mistakes. Well, you can speak to it. I can definitely speak. You to can it, speak to it. You know? so, uh, so anyway, it happens. Uh, anyway, Prince Harry said that he needs to be more responsible. He sort of tackled him a little bit on the vaccine comments and then rogan came back and responded and basically said nah i'm sure he's a nice guy i'm sure it ain't no uh no big deal harry would be fine if i met here's a quote harry would be fine if i met him harry's just talking from afar he doesn't know me and he's lived as a royal if harry and i hung together Ooh. i could get him to relax just relax it might take a little while it might take a little time but he's not a bad guy he's just a guy i mean that doesn't really tell you very much but in this entire podcast where rogan responded he uh, was basically saying, like, look, I bec I've become comfortable with the criticism. This thing has grown so much that, like, it's just part of the game. It's part of the clicks. It's part of the environment. It's part of the fabric of the uh, operation of the Internet, you know, that you can become a theme. You can become a, uh -huh. a target, and, and you're, you're going to get criticism. It's part of the gig. And he does seem, in some of the quotes, he does seem pretty comfortable with it. But anyway, 
my thing is now that we have this dialogue, it's about time we get to Prince Harry on the podcast, on Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. And they can, uh, they can sort through it. They can have a wonderful conversation. What do you think? You think it's an open invitation or what? Yeah, definitely. For sure, on Rogan's side it is. Yeah. Get the prince not? over there. But the prince is seeing he's the only one to talk to Oprah at the moment. Well, he's he just did that Dax. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, you're right. He did that. He's starting. So um, he's doing more content. Well, let's get the prince on there for three hours, and we'll see what happens in Austin, Texas. I don't know. Yeah. He can he can go in there and lambast him and talk about vaccines. And, and, and then we'll talk about it. It's going to be on heavy again. And it gets on heavy, and then we get a clip out of it, and it's a wonderful little ecosystem of interest. Sure. I think they should probably have a little bit of whiskey to soften things up, though. Yeah, I don't know. Not? I mean, just I don't. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. Nothing life changing. Totally agree. Just a tiny bit, and they'd be like, "Are you a guy?" And then he looks across. He goes, "I'm a guy. Are you a guy?" And they go, "We're a couple guys." They high five, and you know, we're a couple guys. Have you great. screwed up before? Absolutely. How about you? You screwed up all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, sick. Are we pals now? Absolutely. Let's go play rugby. I don't know. If, <laughs> rugby. I, I don't know what Prince Harry played. I think it might have been rugby. I'm just trying to recollect now. Royal. What would a royal do? I don't know. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. Don't. Uh, anyway, couple of pals. That's what they're going to be. Sure. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson is taking over Ellen's daytime TV slot. Kelly Clarkson is the new Ellen. So Ellen booked it. Stuff happened over COVID. People said she was mean. Nobody was watching the stuff. Uh, you know, the, the ratings were dipping because they, I guess daytime TV just didn't work over COVID or everyone figured out the internet. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but uh, both Kelly Clarkson and Ellen had their ratings fall over that period. I didn't even know Kelly Clarkson had a daytime show, but she had one for a couple of years. Oh. The Kelly Clarkson show. And apparently they had considered her to take over this role even before all the stuff went down. Just like, hey, if Ellen leaves, we need to have a a backup plan here. So she's, Kelly Clarkson's known for being uh, the first American Idol. Yeah, but then she did all this. I mean, she did records and she was on The Voice as a judge, I think, or one of those shows as well. Okay. Maybe yeah. she was on American Idol, actually, after the fact. Maybe. As yeah. a judge, I don't remember. But yeah, she had a few hit records. Come on, Well. Okay. I was just making sure yeah uh, well she got a show now on nbc and they and uh they're like well someone got to take the ellen spot so it's going to be her my thing is it's hard right now with the format as a whole the daytime talk show covid times i don't know what it is can you turn it around can any host turn it around or is the world moving in a different way yeah i heard conan is quitting as well oh is that right he's leaving yeah as news to me yeah it's hard, man. And, I, and you saw every all these other shows had to go online temporarily. The late night was suffering. It's like somehow COVID accelerated. Maybe they need the live audience or because they weren't in studio. It's weird. It made yeah. everyone reconsider their content habits for some reason, this COVID situation. But people still like to watch it in the background. Like there's still an audience for it. It's just maybe not as big on TV anymore. Yeah, or they need. Yeah, or there has to be some embrace of the online component that that they had to uh-huh. figure out a way to interact. Because there was a while where late night would have some viral clips and stuff, but then COVID screwed it up because they had to be doing their interviews remotely, mm-hmm. and so they would have a celebrity, but it would be remote, and it's yeah, like it's uh, there's some kind of interface problem there. 
that it's just not fluid enough. But anyway, good luck to Kelly Clarkson. Um, I mean, Ellen did that thing for like 20 years or whatever, 19 seasons. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's I guess that's a tough role to follow. I don't know if you saw this one, Will. This is uh, it's called Little Island. It's over there in Manhattan, and it just opened up to the public. This is a huge project, $260 million park, and it's built on top of the river, actually. And it's quite a, you know, it's a feat of engineering the way they have these concrete tulip-like structures supporting this man-made island with a couple of different entrances, all kinds of different heights to it to yeah. give it the feeling of being a little more rich, a little more interesting as you go up the elevation and through the paths. Uh, I, I, I just became interested in this. I saw the headline and then I ended up watching an interview with Barry Diller. He's like a billionaire type who actually funded the thing along with his wife and uh, just basically donated it oh. and also donated the money. It took five years to build, also donated the money for maintenance for it for the next 10 years because it's going to cost the city money to run it. Um, but it's a kind of cool little social space, natural feeling social space with uh, some man-made artistic components in it. So it's an interesting mesh to it, but but definitely uh, something I would check out if I happen to be in Manhattan sometime soon. I don't know when the next time is going to be. Uh, so it's about, it's not huge compared to some of the parks that are over there. I think it is a couple of acres, 2.4 acres. They have to limit the number of people that can visit at any one given time, at least for the time being. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like around, I don't even think it's actually a thousand. I think it's maybe like a few hundred, maybe like six, 700 people. I'm gonna get that wrong. Oh yeah, initially they'll be capping attendance of the island to about 800 people. I think that's where they're at right now. They're doing timed entry for noon until 8 p.m. every day to keep everybody safe and to not have overcrowded. I don't know if that's still a COVID thing or they can have more people later. Uh, they also built in a little amphitheater over there. They can have live events. Yeah. Actually cool. have tickets and live performances. And the backdrop is just uh, the water, uh -huh. which is pretty cool. So I don't know. What do you think about this island? A couple of food stalls here too. I think it's really cool. They've uh, managed to use the space like creatively. Like there's under passages, there's a little bit of grass and green and the amphitheater, nice views off to the corners there. You would visit a place like this. This was in Toronto. You go check that out, no? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you go check that You're out. A good uh, date night or something. I do need to let you know there are a couple of restrictions. Uh-oh. You're not going to be able to bring your dog over there. No? It's a dog-free zone. It's also a bike-free zone. So you just got to bring your person. Just bring yourself. And I suppose it has something to do with the size constraints and just whatever the vibe they're going for. Well, all right. Well, relax, man. <laughs> no, it's cool. You can go check it out anyway. I'll check it out begrudgingly. <laughs> no dogs allowed. I mean, there's a lot of places no dogs allowed, though. That's true. Yeah. Look at that. The little, is that real wood? Oh, cer certainly. Yeah. Absolutely, man. They put a lot of effort and energy. This is a cool little thing. Yeah. All right, last one of the day. Here we have a video of bees working together to open a Fanta bottle. It's gotten millions of views. 
uh, play the shortest clip you can possibly play because it's been licensed by Viral Hog and uh, no, that whole thing is a nightmare. That's my night. That's what I wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, Notice from Viral Hog. Uh, I wake up in a cold sweat. Well, let's just go through this Ford ad first. The Ford ad is fine. They're not going to, they're not, they're not going to, they don't care. They're like, yeah, cool. Free Ford ad. Shout out to Ford. Uh, bigger displays of the new Lightning uh, 2021 wireless Apple CarPlay. Shout out to Ford, man. Yeah, oh, no. this is, yeah, this is the new one. Not the Lightning. No, not the Lightning. It's the new hybrid model. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit of both, but. Yeah, I had four trucks over the years. You know this. Yeah. Anyway, so you have two you have two bees, and people are like, look how smart these bees are. We got to watch this millions of times. And basically what happens is these play play a tiny section right here. Well, play it. Just go crazy. There. <laughs> Apparently, look at that. these two bees work together to unscrew the top of the Fanta bottle. Get that sweet, sweet nectar. One of them is moving one direction. You know, on one side of the bottle, like pushing with its head, the thing is already partially off, and the other one is helping on its end to push the same way until the thing comes off. Now, somebody must give them a head start, depending, you know, how this thing couldn't be fully tightened on here. So I'm yeah, a bit curious about that. It. The and they're filming it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like somebody's been training these bees over here. These aren't regular bees. Yeah. But, or did they just film it long enough for the thing to fall off? I don't know if there's any trickery involved. But the fact of the matter is, you can watch the clip and see that something the bees did definitely cleared the lid of the Fanta bottle. You can you can watch as they work in tandem and the thing comes loose. So you take it for whatever it is, however you want to perceive it. But maybe sure. bees know something you don't. Maybe bees are coming for your Fanta. <laughs> 